السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي اللهم اهد قلبي وسدد لساني واسلل سخيمه قلبي Lesson number 15 verses 92 to 103 say اعوذ بالله everybody وَلَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ مُوسَى بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ ثُمَّ اتَّخَذْتُمْ الْعِجْلَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ وَأَنْتُمْ ظَالِمُونَ وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَكُمْ وَرَفَعْنَا فوقكم الطور خذوا ما آتيناكم بقوة واسمعوا قالوا سمعنا وعصينا وأشربوا في قلوبهم العجلة بكفرهم قل بئسما يأمركم به إيمانكم إن كنتم مؤمنين قل إن كانت لكم الدار الآخرة عند الله خالصة من دوني الناس فتمنوا الموت إن كنتم صادقين ولن يتمنوه أبدا بما قدمت أيديهم والله عليم بالظالمين وَلَتَجِدَنَّهُمْ أَحْرَصَ النَّاسِ عَلَى حَيَاةٍ وَمِنْ الَّذِينَ أَشْرَكُوا يَوَدُّ أَحَدُهُمْ لَوْ يُعَمَّرُ أَلْفَ سَنَةٍ وما هو بمزحزحه من العذاب أن يعمر والله بصير بما يعملون قل من كان عدوا لجبريل فإنه نزله على قلبك بإذن الله مصدقا لما بين يديه وهدى وبشرى للمؤمنين من كان عدوا لله 
وملائكته ورسله وجبريل وميكال فإن الله عدو للكافرين ولقد أنزلنا إليك آيات بينات وما يكفر بها إلا الفاسقون أو كلما عاهدوا عهدا نبذه فريق منهم بل أكثرهم لا يؤمنون ولما جاءهم رسول من عندي الله مصدق لما معهم نبذ فريق من الذين أوتوا الكتاب كتاب الله وراء ظهورهم كأنهم لا يعلمون واتبعوا ما تتلو الشياطين على ملك سليمان وما كفر سليمان ولكن الشياطين كفروا يعلمون الناس السحر وما أنزل على الملكين ببابل هاروت وماروت وما يعلمان من أحد حتى يقول إنما نحن فتنة فلا تكفر فيتعلمون منهما ما يفرقون به بين المرء وزوجه وما هم بضارين به من أحد إلا بإذن الله ويتعلمون ما يضرهم ولا ينفعهم ولقد علموا لمن اشتراه ما له في الآخرة من خلاق ولبئس ما شروا به أنفسهم لو كانوا يعلمون ولو أنهم آمنوا واتقوا لمثوبة من عندي الله خير لو كانوا يعلمون أوكي أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم 
verse number 92. وَلَقَدْ And certainly, جَاءَكُمْ He came to you, Musa, Prophet Musa, بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ With the clear proofs. Prophet Musa definitely came to you with the clear proofs. But then what did you do? ثُمَّ اتَّخَذْتُمُ الْعِجْلِ Then you took the calf, meaning as a god, you worshipped it, مِنْ بَعْدِهِ After him, meaning after Prophet Musa, وَأَنْتُمْ ظَالِمُونَ And you were wrongdoers. You were guilty. It was your fault. You had no excuse for worshipping the calf. No justification whatsoever. Now, here this is a continuation of the refutation of the excuses of the Bani Israel. The excuses that they presented for not believing in the Prophet ﷺ. So remember earlier they said that our hearts are full. They're covered. And then they said that we only believe in what was given to us. So this is why we don't believe in what the Prophet ﷺ has brought because we're in no need of it. And we don't take what was not given to us. So now they're being told that if you really believed, then what happened? Musa السلام, came to you with bayinat. Bayinat is a plural of bayina. And bayina is a clear evidence, a clear proof. And here, the bayinat is referring to the miracles that Musa السلام, brought. Okay? Like for example, remember the staff? He threw it, turned into a snake. His hand would glow. And then different punishments were sent on Fir'aun and his people. The sea was parted. Different miracles Musa showed to the Bani Israel. But even after seeing all of that, what did they do? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? That you took the calf for worship. وَأَنْتُمْ ظَالِمُونَ ظَالِمُونَ is the plural of the word. ظَالِم And أَنْتُمْ is the plural of أَنْتَ Okay, anta, you singular, antum, all of you. And zalimun, plural of zalim. And who is zalim? Who is zalim? One who is committing a grave injustice. A serious injustice, a serious crime. Meaning you had no excuse for worshipping the calf. You see some mistakes people make because they don't know any better. Or they make a mistake because they forgot. They made a mistake because they were mistaken. They didn't know any better. So, antum ظَالِمُونَ What does this mean? That you knew you were to worship only Allah. You knew that this calf was not God. Yet you made it and you worshipped it. وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِثَاقَكُمْ And recall when we took your covenant. And mithaq, we have done this word earlier also. Basically the Bani Israel were made to take several covenants, several pledges with God that they would abide by the Torah, they would follow the law, they would believe in Him. So, وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِثَاقَكُمْ We took your firm pact, and to make sure that you would accept it, وَرَفَعْنَا فَوْقَكُمُ الطُّورِ رَفَعْنَا We raised, from the root letters, رَفَعَيْن And رَفَعَ is to lift something up. So we lifted, فَوْقَكُمْ Above you, الطور, the mount. The mountain was literally lifted over them. Why? So that they would accept the covenant. And we have read this in detail earlier. And what were they told? That خُدُو All of you should take 
مَا آتَيْنَاكُمْ Whatever we are giving you, بِقُوَّةٍ With strength, وَاسْمَعُوا And listen. So two things are being told. With the mountain suspended over them. Firstly, take what we're giving you with قُوَّة. And secondly, listen. The first thing, take what we're giving you with قُوَّة. What does that mean? That anything that Allah is instructing you to do, Anything that the Prophet is commanding you to do, how should you take it? With quwa. What does quwa mean? We did this word earlier also. Strength, force, power. Take it with all your might. Take it with all your ability, with strength. And basically it means two things. That firstly, in terms of faith, that believe in it with strength. Take it as an accepted and believe in it with strength. Your belief should be strong. Your belief should be strong. It should not be weak because of doubt. Believe in it with conviction. And secondly, in practicing what Allah is commanding you to do, when you live by it, when you abide by it, when you practice it, do it how? With strength. And what does strength mean? Correctness and consistency. Do it properly and do it continuously. If you weaken after some time, if you don't hold on to it with firmness, what's going to happen? You're going to discontinue. You're going to give up. And then what's going to happen? One thing after the other you're going to leave and the next thing you know, the book has nothing to do with your life. The law that Allah has given you has nothing to do with your life. It's completely gone from your life. So hold on to what Allah is commanding you with firmness, meaning believe in it with conviction, and secondly, abide by it correctly and continuously. خُذُوا مَا آتَيْنَاكُمْ And then they're also told, وَاسْمَعُوا And listen. What does listen mean? When somebody tells you, listen. What does that mean? Just hear them? That's one level of listening. But then another level of listening is that you also obey. Like for example, your dad tells you to do something and you don't do it. Then he says, why aren't you listening to me? Well, you did listen. Right? You did hear. But what does it mean by listening? Why didn't you do what I told you to do? Why didn't you obey? So, wasma'u means listen and obey. Whatever you're being told, follow that. What did the Bani Israel do? Qalu, they said, Samirna. We have heard, but wa'asayna. We disobey. Yeah, we've heard, but we're not doing it. Asayna. Asayna is from Ain Sadia. Isyan is disobedience. Now, this sounds so bad. That if somebody says, yeah, I know what you're saying, but I'm not going to do it. Now, to a human being, you could say that. Could you say that to your principal? Could you say that to your principal? If you said that to your principal, what would happen? You know what would happen. Maybe you can say that to your older brother, but you can't say that to your dad. And if you were to say that, you know what consequences await you. Imagine, they said this to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Samirna, we've heard, we know what you're saying, but asayna, we're gonna disobey. We're not gonna do it. Outright refusal. And yet these people, what did they do? They were boasting, قُلُوبُنَا غُلْفِ our hearts are full with faith. They're covered. 
We're full of faith. We're full of knowledge. Really? Is this what happens when a person has faith? That he says to God, Samirna wa asayna? What is the response of a believer? That I've heard and I will obey. I've heard and I will obey. Not that I've heard but I'm going to do whatever I feel like. No. Samirna wa asayna, they said. Why would they do something like this? Wa ushribu literally means they were made to drink. It's from the root letter shin raba. Sharab is a drink. Ushribu, they were made to drink. Fi qulubihim, in their hearts. They were made to drink in their hearts. Don't you drink with your mouth? Hmm? And you fill your body, you know, your stomach with what you drink? But they were made to drink in their hearts. And what was it that they filled their hearts with? Al-ijl, the calf. I mean, the calf, you eat it. You don't drink it. And your heart doesn't drink or eat. Your stomach takes the food in, right? So, what does this mean? وَأُشْرِبُوا فِي قُلُوبِهِمُ الْعِجْلِ What does this mean? You see, I mentioned to you earlier that the heart is like a vessel. In the hadith we learned that they're like aniyah, like vessels, like containers. And we learned about the hardness of the heart. What is the hardness of the heart? That when it doesn't absorb anything. It doesn't absorb anything, it's become completely dry. No compassion, no humility, no faith. This is the hardness of the heart. And don't just think about the physical heart that's just pumping blood. The heart is such a part of our body which affects us. The Prophet ﷺ said that there is a piece of flesh in the body. If it is good, the entire body is good. And if it is bad, then the entire body is bad. And this is not talking about physical health. Even though physical health depends on the heart's health, but our spiritual health, our spiritual health is also connected with what? Our heart. Now the Bani Israel, their hearts took in the calf, absorbed the calf, just as a vessel is filled with some liquid. Just imagine, a cup, you fill it with some liquid. What does that mean? If it's full with some kind of juice, for example, then it's full. You can't put anything else. And if you put anything else, what's going to happen to the juice? It's going to fall out. So their hearts were filled with the calf, meaning they were filled with the love of the calf. Their hearts were filled with the love of the calf. The calf occupied their hearts. They were dedicated to the calf. They refused to leave it. They were blinded by it. Now, what does this mean? When their hearts were filled with the love of the calf, would they want to obey Allah? Would they? Is there any more room left? There isn't any room left. You know, for example, at iftar time, does it happen with you that before iftar you're like, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have this. And then what happens? You drink a sip of water and you're like, ah, I got to wait. Honestly, some days I cannot even have a date with water. I only have a sip of water. I can't have anything else. And before iftar, I'm like, I'm going to have a smoothie, I'm going to have juice, I'm going to have coffee. I don't know, maybe I'll have tea also. And then what happens? You can't have everything. Your stomach has a limit, isn't it? Likewise, your mind, your heart has a limit. 
If you fill it with something in the sense that you are always thinking about it, you are fully dedicated to it, then you will not have the bandwidth to pay attention to other things. You won't have it. You won't. So, وَأُشْرِبُوا فِي قُلُوبِهِمُ الْعِجْلَ بِكُفْرِهِمْ Their hearts were filled with the love of the calf. They had no interest in obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were too busy with the calf. Has it ever happened with you that you really want to do something? You really want to do something and you cannot stop thinking about it. And because you cannot stop thinking about it, you cannot pay attention to the work that you're doing. Has it ever happened that you're sitting with a math problem? You're staring at it? And then as you're doing it, you keep you know, thinking about something else. Your mind goes somewhere else. You come back and you start again. And your teacher yells at you that why aren't you doing your work? Why are you daydreaming? What are you daydreaming about? Something that you like. These days, probably it's food. Hmm? Probably. While you're fasting, what are you thinking about? Food. Maybe I'll have this for iftar. Popeye's today. No. I had that already. Maybe I'll have that today. So you're thinking about that, and because of it, you cannot even do your homework. You cannot do the work that's in front of you. Has it ever happened? Somebody is talking to you, or you're talking to somebody else, and you know that they're not really listening. Has it ever happened? You're like, hello. They're lost in their phone. Or they're just looking at you, but they're thinking about something else. The thing is, you cannot have your heart filled with one thing, and then expect yourself to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What you fill your heart with, is what you will pay attention to. What you fill your heart with, what's going to occupy your heart, is what you're going to pay attention to. So, what does this mean? We all need to check ourselves. The Bani Israel, what filled their hearts was the calf. I need to see, what is filling my heart? What is my ijl? That distracts me from obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That even though I know what I'm supposed to do, I don't do it. Why I don't do it is because I want to do something else. What's your ijl? That is preventing you from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And everybody has their own ijl. For some people, it's their crush. For some other people, yeah, don't look at me as well. What does that mean? Right? You know what that means. Duh, right? All the time they're thinking about who? The person whom they liked because they like how they talk or they like how they walked or they like how they looked at them. Like, oh, I think he likes me. I think she likes me. All the time thinking. And the other person has no idea about who you are even. No clue. And there you are, not just thinking about them, even dreaming about them. Imaginary conversations with them. And here it's time for salah. And you're like looking through your Snapchat. Can I get to know them somehow? Stalking them on social media. Can I find them somehow? Can I you know, DM them or something so that maybe they'll get to know me? You see what's happening? Because of this ijl, you cannot even get up and pray. Or even as you're praying, where's your mind going? To them. You know for example, my daughter's name is Radia. And every time my son is reciting an ayah of the Qur'an which has the word radiyah in it, he will say it loudly so that she will hear it. 
فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةِ الرَّاضِيَةِ And all of a sudden she's like, huh? So I'm like, poor child. If only he knew the meaning of these words. But that's the thing. Some people as they're listening to the imam, and maybe the name Dawood comes, instead of thinking about Prophet Dawood, they're maybe thinking about some other Dawood. <laughs> the name Maryam comes, they're thinking about some other Maryam. What is your ijl? Is it a human being? For some people, it's not a human being. They're not into this stuff. And they're very few. They're not into this stuff. But they have some other ijl. Maybe it's their phone. They cannot live without their phone. If they don't have their phone, they have anxiety. They're going to have a panic attack. They're not okay. You know, recently somebody sat in my car. And when they stepped out of my car, they realized they didn't have their phone. So they're like, it's in your car. I'm like, okay. find it they looked for it they couldn't find it checked under the seat on the sides couldn't see it and i'm like maybe you didn't have it i got to go so anyway they left and then after 5 minutes i get a phone call the phone is in your car i'm like how do you know i can see it you know how how do you find your phone when you don't see it find my iphone right so they could see it moving on the road So I had to go back. And literally there was like half an hour left to lift our time. I had to turn around and go back. And then again they hunted my car for their phone. They finally found their phone and they were happy. Alright? I was like, dude, you know, you can take it later. No problem. But no, I want it. I want it now. For some people it's their phone. For some people, it's a ball. أُشْرِبُوا فِي قُلُوبِهِمُ Basketball. So much so that they have it in their room. They have it in the living room and the mom's been yelling, I don't want to see that ball inside the house. You know, this friend of mine, her brother, would always be dribbling, even inside the house. So one day, they lived in an apartment. His mom got so tired, she took the ball and threw it out the window. <laughs> threw it out the window. And he learned his lesson not to play with the ball again in the living room with all those crystal pieces and everything in the house. So for some people it's the ball. They have it with them wherever they go. Sometimes even in their backpack. They make room for it. Now it doesn't mean that you cannot like the ball. No problem. You can like the ball. It doesn't mean that you cannot like the things of this world. You can like them. But when you obsess over them, that's when they become a problem. Because now, they're going to become your idol. When they become your idol, it means they become the center of your life. When they're the center of your life, you go to them, when you wake up, you go to them, the last thing you do before you sleep, throughout your day, that's what you're thinking about. Your money is going into it. Your time is going there. Your friendships revolve around that. So when we obsess over these things, that's when they become a problem. The Bani Israel, look at how dangerous their situation was. The mountain was lifted over them. They were told, accept this covenant. They said, okay, fine, fine, accept it. What happened later? Yeah, we know, but asayna. Why? Something else filled their heart. So even though they knew, they disobeyed. Now write this question for yourself. What is my ijl? 
And if you want to know who your idol is, ask yourself some simple questions. What do I think about most of the time? What is it that when I think about, I feel happy? Or when I do it, I really feel happy. And if I don't do it, if I don't see it, if I don't get time with it, then I get upset and sad. My happiness and my sadness depend on it. What is my idol? A lot of the times the thing is that people don't understand the difference between an ajil and a goal because and it can often develop between the two. The thing is that if say you have a goal about, you know, I'll give you a really simple example. Like if you want to buy something, say, you know, your goal is to save up money to buy this thing, sure. And sometimes it might develop into a thing where every single day you're constantly thinking like, oh, I have to save up this money, this much money to buy that. And every day you're constantly, like you said, thinking about it. You're obsessing over it. And there's a point where it becomes unhealthy. So I think a lot of us have to check whether our goals have become obsessions, mm-hmm. right? Because that could affect our daily lives too because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Exactly. You see, everything should be in moderation, Right. Everything should be in moderation. Even when it comes to worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which no matter how much we do, we've never done enough. Never. Even when it comes to worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what are we taught? Be moderate. There were some people who said, at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, that we're going to fast every day. And we're going to pray all night long. And we're not really going to be with people. We're going to be on our own. And so the Prophet ﷺ got upset he went on the mimbar, he addressed the people and he said that I sleep and I pray. I fast and I also don't fast. Meaning some days I fast, some days I don't fast. So he gave his own example. That there is moderation in his life. So even when it comes to worship, moderation is supposed to be there. How could we go to an extreme with respect to something other than worship? No matter how important of a goal it is. Go ahead. We should not have an ijl. Why? Because what is the ijl going to do? What is it going to do? It's going to take you away from Allah. Now remember, it doesn't mean that you cannot like or enjoy certain things. You can. The Prophet ﷺ himself expressed about how he liked certain things of this world. He enjoyed them. There's nothing wrong with that. But it should not become an obsession. When is it becoming an obsession? When it is preventing you from obeying Allah. That's when it's a problem. You know, for example, somebody came to me and they said something that really made me sad. They said that their daughter's shoes, brand new shoes, were stolen from here. I'm going to think good. I hope that the person who took them, took them by mistake. But this is something really sad. That even... In a masjid, when people will come, unfortunately, they will steal things. Why? Because those shoes are so beloved to them that they will take it even if they have to commit a crime in a mosque. So you see how those shoes became an ijl for them? The fashion became an ijl for them? They didn't care whether it belonged to somebody else, whether they were in the masjid. No, I like them, I want them. This is when it's a problem. Likewise, if there's a certain sport that you like, good, enjoy it, play, watch, whatever. But then, when it's time for salah, time for salah, what are you doing? 
your friends. You love playing with them. You love talking to them. You love spending time with them. But when it's time for salah, if you are still chilling with your friends, and you're leaving your prayer, they've become an ijl. Because what happened with the Bani Israel, Samirna wa asayna. Yeah, I know I'm supposed to pray, I'm not gonna do it. I know I'm not supposed to steal, I'm gonna do it anyway. You see what's happening here? When something is preventing you from obeying Allah, that is when it's become your ijl. Go ahead. What if your ijl is something that's bringing you closer to Allah? Okay, what if you like doing something that's bringing you closer to Allah? That's beautiful, that's not an ijl. But even then, like I said, when it comes to worship, there has to be moderation. Because, like for example, let's say if you love to spend money, for example, you love to give in charity. And then, what do you do? You have, let's say, your jacket, you got it last year, perfect condition, really good, but this year doesn't really fit you, so you're like, I'm going to give it in charity. And there your younger brother is just staring at you, you know, I thought you would give it to me. Like, no, no, I like to give in charity to the poor. If you give it to your brother, even that's a good deed. So even when you're doing something for the sake of Allah, when something's drawing you close to Allah, even then, a healthy, balanced moderation is required. Okay? So the Bani Israel, أُشْرِبُوا فِي قُلُوبِهِمُ الْعِجْلَ بِكُفْرِهِمْ And this led them to disobey Allah. قُلْ بِئْسَمَا يَأْمُرُكُمْ بِهِ إِيمَانُكُمْ Tell them, how terrible your faith commands you to do. Meaning what terrible things your faith is commanding you to do. You claim that your heart is full of faith. What kind of faith do you have? You say that you don't need the Qur'an because you already know so much. You don't need the Prophet because you already know so much. Well, what do you know and what are you doing? You're glorifying the calf. You're worshipping the calf. You're saying things like, Samirna wa asayna to Allah. I know but I'm not going to do it. What kind of faith do you have? In kuntum mu'minin, if you really are even believers. Mu'minin is a plural of mu'min. Now you see, iman, your faith, whatever faith you have, is going to affect your actions. Your faith is not just going to stay in your heart. Faith is not just feelings. Faith is what translates into action. So for example, if a person really believes, what are they going to do? They're going to pray to Allah. If they really believe in the hereafter, they're going to prepare for the hereafter, they're going to do a good deed. If they really believe in hellfire, they're going to stay away from the things that take to hellfire, right? So faith leads to action. The Bani Israel claimed that they had perfect faith. What does Allah say? Look at your actions. That Faith, real faith, leads to good action. Remember, we learned about the hypocrites also. They used to say, we believe. Does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept their claim? No. What you think about yourself is not enough. You need to see, what do I do? What do I do? My actions matter. Not my assumptions about myself. Sometimes, you know, some kids they think, oh, I'm really good at math. I'm really good at this. They think... But then when they're actually doing it, they don't know. Like I remember once, I was like in grade 3 or something, and we were going to have a test on salah. So my mom asked me, have you done your homework? And I said, yeah, yeah. She's like, what's your homework? I'm like, oh, we have a test coming up on salah. She said, did you prepare? I said, I know already. 
She said, okay, read it to me. And then I started saying the du'as and I made so many mistakes. So many. And then she's like, if you knew, why are you making mistakes? So sometimes we think too good about ourselves. I'm very honest. I pray. I'm very sincere. I'm very truthful. I'm a hafiz. I've memorized the Qur'an. If I've memorized the Qur'an, how much do I still know? How much do I review? How much do I recite? So, بِئْسَ مَا يَأْمُرُكُمْ بِهِ إِيمَانُكُمْ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ 